Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm really happy for women to wear next to nothing. Their bodies are fantastic. But it's when society looks at a woman like that and says, oh, well, she's beautiful, but she's got no brain. Or, oh, well, she'll lose her looks one day. Her currency is at its maximum right now. Thinker Girls, hello. Hold up. Hello. Hi. The Thinker Girls. Thanks for <laughs> joining our show. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, hi, girls. <laughs> the Thinker Girls. All the thoughts you're thinking but not saying. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girl, Stacey June. And Christy Mercer. Welcome. <laughs> we are so glad to be back in your ear holes. Yeah. Ear, yeah. Little ear nubbin holes. What's and we're the so, nubbin thing? There's just, well, nubbin. <laughs> I don't know. I just call everything funny and floppy mubbins. Like, you know, little nubbin skin on your on your knee, nubbin skins on your earlobes, nubbin skin on your elbow. Just yeah, funny I'm, skin. I freak out about those earphones that go right in your ear. Have you seen them? I love them. No, they that freak me right well, out. You know how I like to listen to things very loudly. I know, which is really bad and yeah. you probably have it's mild form of tinnitus. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> At this stage of the game, it's probably true. Uh, we will get to our guests in a second. Tracy Spicer is joining us this week for our podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us and thanks for being patient with the break that we had um it's kind of a bit more of a we've always been chilled and gone from time from mood to mood with our podcast but I suppose the reason for the bit of the shift in the break was that the radio show gives us kind of this sense of love and energy but the podcast now we kind of felt like was almost like needed to be a bit nourishing and and a bit more of a put your feet up and I guess we've always been kind of pretty open about where we're at in our heads yeah. like with that podcast that's where it kind of all began so and people well, are like we it's just a co- <laughs> podcast bitches why are you taking it so seriously well we take it very seriously got us a very good job well, we can't, well we can't stop that now like being no. true and honest with where we're at and where we're at right now is that we're being satisfied a little bit by this by this other young guy on the side which is the radio show now we can kind of slow down and have a bit more of an in-depth chat yeah we want to put our feet up yeah. a bit this particular woman uh, I had on a podcast years ago um was just so so thrilled to, that she gave me the time p.s because hello you just little, little regional people like, um hi i'm gonna tweet you because i really saw this cool article could you talk to me and uh and she did speak to us she's in the middle of writing a memoir uh, she's a television radio newspaper online journalist writer speaker trainer the works tracy spicer thanks for joining us oh it's a pleasure what a bloody that was that's a big that's a big job title. Well, it just means I make stuff up as I go along. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, they call it a portfolio career, but I call it faffing around. Yeah, right. Lots of different hats. You can do whatever you like, whenever you like, really. Yeah, that's right. And it gives you the opportunity to write and talk about a lot of different things like knee skin. Now, when you mentioned knee skin before. <laughs> nubbins, as I call nubbins. nubbins. <laughs> Nobody tells you that when you get older, like everyone talks about the frown lines and all this kind of stuff. No one tells you that your knees sag oh, after yeah. about 45. Now, I don't mind getting older, but that was something that was entirely unexpected. I have, I have, you know what? It's funny that you say that. I have looked in photos. I Like, I like my legs. Like, I kind of, especially with a heel on, you're like, oh, great. 
but the knees do go a bit crinkly. Hang on, have you <laughs> have you actually done a zoom in on your knees? No, from old but, I, but I have no, 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 no. I don't ever go to okay. comparison, but I just went. Oh, that I think that might be new. That there, there, there's just a bit more of a there. Does that make sense? Apparently, Elle McPherson had some kind of knee tuck. Oh. When she, really? I know what is <laughs> going. What is with that? I get it though. I get it. I do saw you? the photo. Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I do get it. Do you know? Um, here's a bit of trivia for you. You can squeeze your knee nubbin or your elbow nubbin as hard as you want, and you can't feel it. That freaks me out. Oh, it's true. Why is that? I there don't no know. Nerve endings Here there. is called the weenus on your elbow. <laughs> I remember it? finding that out in primary school. And we were all like, <laughs> of course, it sounds like a penis and yeah. a pointless yeah. thing that just kind of <laughs> hangs around, <laughs> exactly like a. I'm going to yes, tell so my 11-year-old son that this yeah, afternoon. I'm going to be mother of the year. Yeah, and get it. And if he squeezes it, doesn't matter how hard you can't feel it. It's hilarious. It's really bizarre. Well, we're educating now, yeah. Christy. Who knew? Yeah. Wow, Who we knew? can add that to our CV just yeah. like Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Weenus ambassadors. Uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we are two radio chicks that talk thoughts you're thinking but not saying each and every week. Uh, we each bring a gem to the table, something that's on our mind that we're thinking but perhaps not saying in the moment. Let's do a bit of a contents, ladies, and just give a bit of a headline of what's on our mind. Tracy, you want to kick it off? I want to talk about hipster sexism, which is also known as ironic sexism or retro sexism. I wrote about it in relation to a magazine that I found at my local coffee shop and now I'm worried that the people who make my coffee are spitting in it <gasps> because I bagged them. Okay, I can't wait to get into that. That's I'm going to have best. to concentrate a lot though. I feel like what that do you mean? Well, I think that's complex. <laughs> I haven't read the article, but I, I'm assuming it's complex. Young mate? Um, I want to talk about an experience that I had at the gym. There's an, a, an older creepy guy there and it's just the way that it's made me feel a couple of times now um, where I've felt... Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't dob on him, or I've I felt a little bit self insecure or unsure as to what to do in okay. terms of telling somebody else. All right, that's a good one. Yeah. I want to speak about uh, women and taking control back, or maybe starting to take control of at all um, around their orgasms. And the fact that that. we kind of assume that that's just this gift that we get, especially the way it's sold in movies. It's just everybody's getting there all over the place, which is bullshit, especially if you have a vagina. Uh, So I want to crack into that because, hello, where have I been living and why haven't I done this earlier? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. There's still a shame around women's masturbation as well. It's absurd. It's full on. Do we want to kick off with that or Trace? Uh, Well, Trace is our guest. We should go with you first. That was so rude. I'm really sorry. Sorry, no, it's, it's fine. The reason we've always... I want to go with sex. I'm just like, I just well, had the masturbation thing in my head, but it's all right. Sometimes we get complaints that the guests can't get words in because, as you can see, Christy and I are very conversational, i.e. talk over everything. It's not really a traditional kind of show. So we kind of decided we've, that maybe we yeah. should do the guests first. Although we've never apologised for that, we will, yeah, we've got to take some something on board. Well, yeah, that's what I love yeah. about your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tracy, talk to us about this complex hipster slash sexism slash coffee desire. All right. Well, (laughs) I'll be quick. In the last 10 years, there's been this move towards, especially amongst young folk, um, 
showing women in bikinis and objectifying them and saying, aren't they amazing looking and judging them on their looks, not on their intellect, Mm. but guys saying, oh, but I'm doing it in an ironic way. And there's a whole bunch of magazines that are out at the moment. There's this surf magazine called Stab, Mm. which is full of male surfers surfing and female surfers with their kit off. And it's kind of like they're athletes too, you know. Why have you got a lingerie shoot with the female athlete and a normal surfing shoot with the guy? It's kind of like netball skirts. I feel like guys can walk around and train in like long tracksuit pants and girls always need to be. I know they wear footy shorts, but there's options, I think. Whereas girls actually still have to wear skirts that go up and show their knickers and stuff. I'm really, we're supposed to do it on the show, actually. I've got it down to write it, like to talk about it because I don't understand why it's still compulsory. Exactly. And it's like that everyday sexism thing because we see it around us. It it doesn't sink in that, hang on, Mm. that's a bit weird and not right. That's Mm. still judging women for the way they look. So I wrote this pretty full on piece for Fairfax about it, about this hipster sexist magazine. And then it occurred to me, oh my God, where I saw that was my local coffee shop. And I've bagged (laughs) that out so badly going, how could they display this piece of trash? And I went in there today for a coffee and I thought, oh my God, maybe someone spat in it. Hang on, did did anything taste different? Um, the, the salad tasted a little bit different, so I'm a bit worried about well, that. Well, I didn't believe that that actually ever <laughs> happened, but it was this very week that Christy said that it does. Well, I used, Step to, right up. I used to work in a chicken shop for about, <laughs> since from the time I'd lied about my age because I was so desperate to work. So from the time I was 14 <laughs> to about 19, I was working in a charcoal chicken shop. And when people that came in that I didn't like very much, I would cough on their chicken. <laughs> Are you serious? It happens. And sometimes I would drop their chicken schnitties on the floor on purpose. Oh, my God. But the thing is, I would often do that before the the schnitter was cooked. So I I feel like going into the 100-degree oil (laughs) then eliminated any any kind of germs. But it did make me feel really good about it. But I've heard some horrible stories. Wasn't there one not that long ago, that Hungry Jack's guy, like, actually jizzed in a burger? Wow. I'm pretty sure that happened. There was special sauce. I I walk around in the world thinking it's a really pretty place. That's the problem with me. Uh, And then I meet young mate and she's just dropping people's shit on the ground, (laughs) stamping on it going, as long as we chuck it in the deep fry, I'll be fine. I'm like, it happens. I've got a friend who's a chef at a very fancy restaurant and he admitted when he had a few <gasps> drinks one night that once he someone sent back a steak and said, I'm sorry, that's not medium rare, can you cook it again? And he stomped on it with the heel of his shoe in a fancy restaurant kitchen and then cooked it and sent it back. Oh, there we have it. That's God. fucked. That's so it thing. does happen. It doesn't matter how, you know when you're so apologetic as you say when you send things back, uh, but I don't know whether sometimes that gets relayed. I would never send like to I a waiter. Send things back, not because I feel like I can't be comfortable talking about it, but I also, I don't know. The experience is different from there on in, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That and you feel experience. so guilty about sending something back yeah. for the rest of the meal that it ruins the whole. Night. I just try and pick the battles. Like, am I? So you're with six people. You're going to be that person for the next half an hour. It's going to dampen mm. the mood. It, it, like for me, it's like, all right, the wine's fine, the conversation's fine, you're just going to have to suck it up. Yeah. I think that's the case. But I want to know more about the article. So in terms of when, I mean, the when you said it was not, you didn't say aggressive, did you? You said it was pretty full on. What, what were the words you used to describe it? Oh, look, I just, <laughs> it was pretty fierce at having a go at the young people in the cafe who are really empowered young women who run this cafe, but they still agree to show these these kind right. of sexist right. images okay. Okay. Now of, this makes sense. of yeah, other right. women in the magazine. Right. 
And I felt I still feel terrible bagging them out because I think, you know, it's you know, it's a fourth wave of feminism. It's a different kind of feminism mm-hmm. to what I grew up mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. and I think it's okay for women to be, you know, to dress up and to appreciate the way they look and have some self esteem surrounding that. But when you're objectifying women, when you're setting them up there in a set of lingerie and just saying this is what we're only valuing them them yeah. for, then I think that's what's lost in the conversation and what's not understood with a lot of particularly young women who think, oh, it's just being ironic. I feel very empowered. It's just ironic that I'm standing here in my lingerie. So it doesn't matter what you feel. It's the fact that it's still happening. You know what I mean? Like somebody could do a a lingerie shoot and feel as though they are empowered. They weren't forced to do it. They're not being objectified because it's a beautiful show of their body and they're happy to. It's the fact that it's still happening that's the problem. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It's the societal construct surrounding the image. So it's great for you know a young woman to feel beautiful and to put yeah. herself out there you're like I'm really happy for women to wear next to nothing their bodies are fantastic but it's when society looks at a woman like that and says oh well she's beautiful but she's got no brain or oh well she'll lose her looks one day her mm. currency is at its maximum right now yeah. you know do you think that there's a difference between though a feminist and an activist because I know that there are women that obviously would totally agree with equality, maybe even call themselves feminists, hopefully. Um, but I know I go to another level, which is probably activist, and I see a bigger picture. I make sure, you know, I've, I put everything through a filter of what is this doing for us in a bigger picture. And I know that that is a new, that's a next level. Mm. I know that a lot of people in my life, a lot of people we work with won't, always go to that bigger view everyone's happy to come on board um especially at work like you know it's really i'm really passionate about making sure that we see bigger pictures but more of an automatic mind but frame you're I, talking I, about. I do go to that yeah. quite naturally yeah, um do. and i do think that there may be a difference between the two and that's why sometimes i think that's what helps me understand it and not get angry or annoyed at other people because I feel like maybe not everybody is an activist. Yeah, look, it's a really great point and I don't want to get into that, okay, you're a bad feminist if yes, you do this yeah. and you're a good feminist if you do that. Rosie Waterland wrote a fantastic top 20 on Mamma Mia today about this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say the C word because you're a strong feminist and you're reclaiming the C word. Oh, no, you can't because that's disparaging women's bits, you know. Yeah. So it just becomes a little bit complex. Mm. I, mean, I, I mean, I reckon it was the same when I did my TED talk where I, I wiped off the makeup and frizzed up my hair and took off the constrictive corporate dress just to talk about objectification of women. Do what you want, but do it for yourself. Yeah. Don't do it for anybody else and be really conscious of how these things are viewed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not your fault, it's society's fault. Yeah, I and I, I mean, I take it seriously. I think that we, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, but why, but why, or why are we still doing this or why are we still doing that? Because we still have so many issues. We still have such an inequality. Yeah. I I don't think that there is time for us to sit back and wait. Like, but I think it's that looking outside what your immediate surrounds are. Yeah. Like I've worked with people, I've worked with guys that, you know, we ha- kind of had this conversation around the office and he was like, well, I just don't think, I don't think there is such thing as sexism in the workplace because females that I've worked with have earned a lot more than me. Oh my God. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not arguing with the it's fact that you your work experience. with chicks that have yeah. got more than you. Yeah, it's beyond that. So I think with that thing, Tracy, that you were talking about in the cafe because these chicks felt empowered and they felt um, a particular way and good about themselves and empowered 
I don't know, you've also then got to step, you know, further than that with the magazine thing and be thinking in that headspace. And there's even a bigger thing, which is the fact that there's a backlash happening at the moment because women are gaining more power internationally. Mm. There's this huge men's rights movement in the United States. And a lot of this retro, isn't James Bond still cool kind of thing is around... Let's bring back all these kind of pop culture personalities or people that we can can hang to. Because that's the predominant power structure in society and that's what people... to. It's an interesting one though because I remember when we started working on the podcast and, and I was and there was just different things feminism I would kind of talk about on brekkie shows and always put things forward and I remember us trying to get a radio show up and seeing a kinesiologist and and one there was one particular moment that happened where we got shut down and I was really angry mm. about it I, and not many things angered me I kind of kicked on and we both just got on with it but this particular instance for some time I don't know. I just felt really you were stuck. Beated. You were stuck I, for a little bit. I was. I felt so beaten and just exhausted. And she said to me, my kinesiologist said, "You're doing it for them. Why are you doing? Why are you doing all this gender stuff? Why are you doing all this feminism for everyone else?" And it, it is important because I guess I do come to the activist as a person. But what you said about doing it for yourself first was what has actually made this work is because it is true to me so it's not true to everyone I think that's the catch is that I kind of went back and found my way with it and went okay well I want equality for myself first Mm. and foremost uh, and then figured out that being true to me is to be the activist and Mm. to be outspoken and to kind of go and rally and do all of that stuff but it does have to start with you for that to be authentic. Otherwise, then it doesn't really translate mm. if you're kind of putting your fists up for the sake of it because yeah. you think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Do you know what? I gave a speech on International Women's Day and I had the most extraordinary question from the audience. And it was a woman who put up her hand because I always say equality begins on the lounge room couch at home mm. with yeah. your oh, partner doing so the equal much. amount of housework and all that kind yeah. of stuff. She put up her hand. She said, look, I would feel empowered to ask for equal pay in the workplace if I felt empowered in my own house but I don't she said I feel very powerless how can I change that and I had no answer to it and that really speaks to what you were saying about you have to be empowered within yourself first Mm. before you can tell other people oh well you just go out and do it because it's just it's not that easy the rule has to apply everywhere absolutely and the holes happen when you start doing it for that like you said with these hipster people you don't think really about it because you're kind of you're living like a puppet like of the things that you should do and you project this way and then there's all these holes that happen because it is an authentic because you're kind of being told or you're thinking there's a certain way to act, which goes out of feminism. It goes into a lot of personality things or a lot of things in your life, I think. But I think it is important what you said, Tracy, just being aware that it happens, as you say, without even realising it. There, There is so much even advertising material that you kind of you know, we just turn a blind eye to because you're so used to that's what you grew up kind of watching or that's Mm. what's around you that you don't even kind of stop for a second to go, well, that's actually bullshit because if you did that for everything... Then you well, people are scared of that too. Yeah, people get scared of it. There's something frightening about just where we are, and a lot of people are too scared to admit it. Yeah, or see the problem as too big to change it. Yeah, well, that's a massive one with most people. Yeah, I mean, that's that also thing of coming out of being the person that has the difficult conversations, and everybody looks at you and be like, "Why'd you have to do that for?" Yeah, it just makes it all harder for us. Yeah, that, so yeah. I can't and the old fucking shit, but yeah. it's, it's a bigger picture here. That's right. And the old just have a laugh, you know? Why can't oh, you have a laugh about it? Patronising, or you're a feminist and you can't be funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or you take things too bloody seriously. Yeah. Well, lighten up. Be spontaneous. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> 
was waiting for the burn your bras oh, line. Yeah, that was yeah. Philip the Duck, which was I cut him yeah. off a bit early. But that just tells us that we need to move along. Do you want to butt in on this conversation? Get it off your chest, girlfriend. Join in our weekly Facebook forum where you get to say exactly what you're thinking and you could be featured in the next show, facebook.com slash thinkergirls. Yeah, I want to talk about um, the way I've been feeling at gym lately, which actually has nothing to do with the fact that I'm at gym. It's the creepy guy that's been there. So, I don't know. It's Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Probably happened five or six times now that I've gone um, to the point now where I'll walk into the gym and if I see this particular guy, even the back of his head in there, my heart sinks and I get a bit, I start to get a bit nervous and a bit anxious because I'm like, this creepy guy's here again. And to the point where I almost picked up my bag the other day and walked out. And I've been driving around forever looking for a park and I just thought, oh, F this. I think I might just bail. And then I pushed through and I thought, no, I'm not going to let this guy and the the way that I'm feeling really uncomfortable and anxious about being around him um, affect me to the point where I walk out. But the last few times I've been at gym and this dude's been around, oh, you know what it's like. Every, you, like you're at gym, you're looking at each other. I'm not going to deny that the, if I'm working out at the gym, sometimes you, as you're waiting in between your sets, you, you look at other people, you look at bodies, there's mirrors everywhere around you. And I'm not saying that that's... I hate gyms. I'm not saying that it's ever wrong to look at somebody, but I think to the point where if you're looking at somebody so much that you should be sensing that they are uncomfortable about the way that you're acting around them or because of them, that's when it becomes a problem. And with this guy, you know, when somebody's kind of looking at you or looking at your ass and you kind of, you catch their eye and they kind of, you know, would break eye contact or look away. This guy is like, like will not look, will not look away to the point where I'm like, this it's like made me feel really, really uncomfortable and a bit antsy to the point where I will move to a different area of the gym because I'm like, this is just bullshit. Like I feel – I just feel bad or, you know, there'll be a certain exercise that I'd be doing, you know, where I'm leaning over and my ass is in the air. And I'm not even thinking about that. You're just doing your exercise. You're not thinking about how sexual it is or what it looks like well, to anybody. Well, it's not. It's exercise. You're sweating and you're trying to be fit. It's not anything to do with having sex with someone you love or even just interested in. Exactly. And that was this particular um, machine. I thought, I'm not going to use that because this freaks, this guy's here. 
and I don't want him to see me bent over like that. Well, that's incredibly creepy and it's terrible that his behaviour is restricting your ability to be able to exercise. It's dreadful. Um, that, and I suppose, I don't know, there was just a bit of a kind of personal space invasion. Every time I moved moved to a different area, he was on just happened to be on the machine next to me. I'd be like, stuff that. So I'd move to the treadmill and then he'd be on the treadmill next to me. And I had my music up really loud and I was kind of in my own world and I thought uh, maybe the best way to combat this is to ignore and maybe if I don't give him any inkling that this is annoying me or making me feel weird or realising that it's putting me off a bit, maybe that or he'll just get tired of that and kind of stop. And did that work, ignoring him? No. No, of course no, not. it hasn't. Well, I don't think ignoring anything works, to be honest. I don't know when ignoring anything is an option. doesn't mean that it's not the easiest thing to go to when you're made to feel vulnerable or not even vulnerable but uh, exposed and almost, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but it's it's – very uncomfortable and really inappropriate. Yeah. Have you thought about speaking to the manager there just really quietly and say, look, this is happening, it's inappropriate behaviour? Yeah, you know, I did. Are there any – oh, did you? Oh, well, no, no, no. I thought about it but then I didn't. And the reason being because I thought I don't want to make a scene. I thought, what about if I go in there and the manager's, again, a young guy and no judgment, but I thought if I go, I just, I don't know, I had this thing where I felt started to feel really self-conscious where I thought if I go in there and say, this guy's making me feel uncomfy or a bit weird, I don't know, just thought I should bring it to your attention. I thought, imagine, I don't know, I just had this picture in my head that I would have that convo, then I would walk out and then he would turn to the person next to him and go, how's this chick? She reckons that this guy's checking her out or, you know, she thinks she's so up herself, she's so hot, she thinks that some guy's looking at it and I know that's not right but I think it's important to be honest about how I felt about it and that was too intimidated and like a bit of an idiot like I was in some way I don't know but loving not, myself sick but to say it it's not abnormal for that um that thing that's kind of around us particularly with dudes I reckon our age that feel like they're all fine with gender equality and then actually they are the people that are saying you're up yourself or you're self-involved or this bitch reckons she's pretty great Mm. and totally ignore any feeling, totally ignore any vulnerability, totally ignore what you're saying is actually the point and then make you feel like you don't have a voice, enter the whole issue. Exactly, because what you're saying sounds like victim blaming. You're blaming yourself for feeling weird about this and you're even in your mind, you're looking ahead to, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot if I go in and complain. You're not. It's on the same spectrum as being harassed on social media or being harassed in the street. You've got to go and complain about it, you know, because he's the one who's doing the wrong thing, that guy in the gym. And it's like, you know, blocking or muting someone on Twitter. You can't do that to him because he's in the gym. The only thing you can do is complain to someone in the management. I think the thing in my mind, and and you kind of justify or you have these different levels of, um, I don't know, like wrongdoing or what he's been doing or how it's been making me feel. So in my head I thought if he was ever to how kind of – prove it? Yeah, I yeah. Was, that's what I was thinking. I thought if he'd maybe – I don't know, physically touched me or went up to me and grabbed my ass or or verbalised something, said something to me. I thought, and maybe in my head I was waiting for that to happen almost. I thought I'll wait till this gets to a next level. I can kind of tolerate it at the moment, but I'll wait till it gets to something that I can kind of, I don't know, then report or have something to say. So I think, And I think you're a bit of a tactile person. I think that's, you know, you also kind of go, okay, this equals this or, you know, I, I need to be able to kind of go in with this 
this point. But I also think you need to remember that a feeling is just as feeling yeah. means something. It, mm. it might not be something you can put down on paper. It might not be the law book that you can say in section this or or actually this exact thing happened and I have video evidence mm. a feeling means something it doesn't mean nothing and mm. that's it's so important for just not this example but for any example when women or men are uncomfortable with what they're feeling and then go and justify that they need some other element of proof or some element of whatever the feeling is enough mm. it absolutely is enough you got to mm. trust your gut if you feel that he's being creepy then he is being creepy it's mm. the same because as- we don't choose the creepy thing like Correct. this is the other thing it's like when you say oh this person was raped or this person was this or you're like well what is in their best interest to make it up why is anyone choosing to make this shit up and not saying that that's the extreme this is gone but mm. why would it be in your best interest to go and complain about yeah, it right. for it's the not, sake of no, it you know like yeah. it's just it doesn't happen yeah but it is i suppose it is interesting where you have these different levels in your head where mm. you go um you know sexual harassment i don't know there's probably been I don't know, bits and pieces or people around me in my life that have gone, yeah, but what actually happened? But that's the problem because in my day, sexual harassment in the workplace was very obvious. You'd get grabbed on the tits and ass, right? <laughs> so Repeatedly. It's so full on. Has that happened to but, you? Oh, yeah, lots of times. Someone like touched your ass. Oh, yeah, loads. The CEO of the 10 Network grabbed oh, me on the bum oh, at a Christmas oh, party yeah, after right. giving a speech on workplace compliance that's, 15 years oh, ago. I've read that. But then I speak to young people in the workplace and they say, do you know what? It happens these days, but it's more subtle. Mm. It's a lingering look or it's a right. discussion about, you know, oh, did you have sex on the weekend, inappropriate talk, you know, in the workplace. So what you're talking about is inappropriate stuff, but it's not as obvious that you can, you know, put your finger on it and say that's exactly what he Yet did. Yeah, the feeling is still the same but and the that's But the feeling is counts. exactly the same. Okay. Yeah, but it is. It absolutely yeah. is. And I guess it's a, that's the fine line of all this kind of stuff is that it is all subtle and it is all, you know, hard to prove, but it still totally mm. means something. Mm. It doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. Um, shifting gears. You're listening to The Thinker Girls. Thoughts, chicks are thinking, but not saying. The female orgasm is a complex beast. I think we could all agree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would assume we could uh, because anybody that sees it that's really not complex and kind of bobs your uncle in and out, well, fucking congratulations. <laughs> like I think that's just the prize, isn't it? And I don't really think it exists. And it's funny because, I mean, I've not been somebody that I guess would say I struggle to orgasm. There's, I totally can. I have in relationships. I masturbate and can do that by myself. But when it comes to casual relationships, I've, it's never been an easy feat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've established that of many conversations on this podcast and radio show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess it's one of those things where a connection is really important to me and that doesn't always come from casual relationships. But that's kind of where I sat till a couple of weeks ago. And I started to be a little bit more interested in a particular relationship and thought, okay, I don't want this to then become kind of an uphill battle. I, I want to enjoy this early on and I started to think about why there may be a blockage with that and I understood the emotional thing with casual sex but there was somebody that I saw last year and I saw him for probably about three months where that that barrier slowly started to break down and I did start to really enjoy myself Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I was orgasming all over the place but it definitely was much better 
But I think in that particular sexual relationship I had, he would ask me questions. And I did this, I think mm. I did this on the podcast or I wrote about it or something, I think, um, for news.com. Uh, and he would ask me what I would want. And I was so perplexed by the question. I was like, well, I don't fucking know. What do you mean? What do I want? And this is like naked on naked. Mm. And I was like, at the same time, the intellect like in me went, what an amazing guy. That's a really lovely question. Then the other side went, I feel so vulnerable, so fucking out of control and so embarrassed that I, as the woman I am, have no idea how to answer Mm. this guy. And it was so confronting. And, you know, we kind of fiddled around, fiddled around, (laughs) played around with kind of different things. But then that relationship went off. I moved to Sydney, see you later. And so now I'm back to this place. And I guess I picked up that conversation in my head again with where I am in my current life and, and sex. And I spoke to, again, um, a kinesiologist about it. And she was saying that there's a big issue with women not taking control over their orgasms. And not saying that it doesn't take two people because obviously you masturbate, but also sex is really great with another person. But why are we assuming that men jump into bed with us, whether they're in relationships with us or whether it's, it's a new thing, and assuming that they know what to do to you? And women Mm. in general. So Mm. first off, how are they supposed to know what to do to women? We don't really know what to do to them half the time. And B, how do you assume that they know what to do to you personally? Because we're all so different. Do you think it's more when you say it's confronting, and it is, to be asked out loud, what do you want? Do you think... I don't know, is it more, is it scarier to actually say it aloud because there's an element of embarrassment to actually vocalise what it is or is it the fact that you don't actually know? Well, I guess I could give give definitely one thing. Being on top is something that I I absolutely know that I will most likely get there. Um, But I suppose I don't want that to be this one-trick pony Mm. thing and I don't think it should be for us as women. I, I think, yeah, okay, we know how to get there and that might be one trick, but... I guess, especially with new relationships and pe- meeting new people, I want to create new memories and new experiences with people. And that that kind of way of sex was so linked also to a past relationship that I went, all right, I've got to try and find different ways and I've got to try and know my body and, and figure out what that is. Enter the process. So here I am. And tried a vibrator the other couple of weeks, <laughs> have all tried them for years, never got onto it. But for some reason, my mind just must be a bit more open mm. and enjoyed it so game on it begins do you know that is wonderful because um i think a lot of girls are still even in this day and age brought up to not talk about uh, masturbation you know it's always that joke about oh the boys have always got their hands down their pants there's this idea that women exactly there's this idea that women don't have don't have that that strong a sex drive which is ridiculous so i wonder and i'd like to ask you whether that whole good girl syndrome has been holding you back in a way of yes this is how i enjoy sex but do i deserve it any way differently maybe not should i be the good girl should i please him does any of that stuff hold you back i think maybe some self-worth issues uh, through my 20s Mm. for sure um but i think i've knocked those over a little bit and obviously they'll continue to be challenges i think everybody needs to make sure they're building that so that's at a, a healthier place, I think, that I'm worthy of having just as good sex as the man that yeah. I'm with. And I think we all struggle with that. I, I, I'm i a big person that goes out and tries to f- investigate into things. So if I don't know something, I'm looking for the answer or I'm reading about it. And I just don't know many places to go for this kind of stuff. Like where, I mean, and this just, thank fuck we have our show because even I'm learning from yeah. the stuff that we do. But 
I, I kind of go, well, where the fuck do you start? Where do you even begin to say, well, how do you pledge yourself? And I did a nude yoga class and I've spoken about this a few times over the past month and I did it for an article that I wrote and the breathing in it was so mm. intense mm. and I was kind of starting to get turned on and I didn't expect it. There was all this breath work and I was like, oh my God, this is what tantra is and this is what breath work is. And that's the only reason I reckon I started to go. To realise. Well, there's other ways yeah. or there's diff- There's all this work out there but I don't know where to find it I think part of it would begin with the self-exploration thing like you said with yourself and knowing exactly where feels good and what but feels imagine good. imagine we weren't sent those those vibrators because we've been sent stuff for, you know from um, from companies obviously hearing the stuff that we do through this podcast imagine if you're not sent that and you were like me like I don't know. I think that there is so many people that would be mortified to go into a sex shop by themselves. Yeah, there's this new Puritanism that we've taken on from America as Australians and there's actually less stuff. Remember the old uh, Cleo Centerfold that was around 30, 40 years ago? There's less of that stuff around now. And I think that people aren't being educated enough. We've taken on that American thing of being, you know, oh, we don't talk about sex. You know know how the Americans, especially the religious right, can be quite puritanical. We've taken that from the Americans. So you actually don't see as many sex shops as you used to. There's not as explicit stuff in magazines. Fortunately, there's the internet. That's about the only place to explore. And they're overseas online stores too. So that already feels a bit foreign. Making an international purchase, whether it's eBay or whatever, it's still a big commitment. Mm. If you're putting the international postage, that's (laughs) that's an extra headspace. You know what I mean? Like there's not even anything in the country that says, okay, so this is shipped from Surrey Hills in Sydney and (laughs) you only pay $4 as opposed to $40. And also it makes you feel, what's wrong with me? Why do I have to go overseas and get this stuff is is it's the shame it's the shame that goes along with it i think when you say it's interesting this popped into my head stace when you were talking about um not wanting to say things out loud because uh, in terms of what you want or what gets you there or what turns you on especially when you know the one or two ways or however many ways that are kind of like a surefire thing for you yeah and for me the reason that um i mean in in past relationships and and currently now if I'm asked, what do you want or what do you feel like? I'm a little bit like, I know what gets me there, but I don't want to tell you that because it's the same way that I would do it myself. So I, the reason that I am a bit freaked out to kind of or would hold back from saying why is because I'm a little bit like, well, surprise me. Because but that's I, nice. I think that's a good thing, isn't it? I don't know because I feel like if I was to oh, answer, you're putting their responsibility in their hands. Yes, because if I was to answer, which I don't know if it is a good thing or a bad thing, because I think if I was to answer, what would get me there? That's the sure way to get there. It's the quicker, the quickest route there, and. I don't. I don't want to do that all the time. I don't want to know that it's definitely that, going to get me there. I think that's different because you're in a long-term relationship, so that probably mm. works. I think because then, if you were to always be the person, you've been able to experiment. You've been able to have different parts of, you know, sexual times and different locations and different all that kind of stuff. So when someone's not knowing you, well, it's even more. Uh, well, I think it's nice that you're you. Well, I think it's a good thing. I reckon for you to be able to kind of have your things and then still experiment and have that trust and tricks and surprises with your partner Mm. but I think when you're I guess in my stage where you're single or you know like going into a relationship or at the early stages I don't know I I feel like we shouldn't put so much pressure on the dude to bring it and also not put pressure on us to necessarily rush it is another thing because I think we try and keep up with them they get there so much quicker than us and that is the biggest lesson I've learned from my reading has been 
girls do not think you need to get there at the same time the dudes get there. Yeah. I think it's good to be able to articulate any of this kind of stuff to whatever partner (laughs) you are having because for millennia, men have been articulating what they want. So it's great. Haven't they? Even to the point, your head goes down or you're They hold your head down there. Incredibly explicit and detailed. So it's great that you're able to say, yeah, I like it like this. Yeah, and so that is where I am at. Excellent. (laughs) This is good. the process will continue. Stay tuned. <laughs> we have a national show and a podcast, so you you will find out somewhere. We will be I can't wait. <laughs> Tracy Spicer, that is uh, that's all we've got time for. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I've learned a lot. Um, your memoir will be out. Can we? Do we have any idea of when we can expect it? It'll be out close to my fiftieth birthday, oh, which wow. is in June Ooh. next year, and it's a real celebration of how far women have come. Actually, yeah, that's years. amazing. That's the best. What a good thing to kind of be yeah, able to cool. do at that time. That's fucking. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, at Tracy Spicer is where you can find her on Twitter. Are you on Instagram? I am, and okay. the same hashtag. Okay, brilliant, the same brilliant handle. Thank oh, you for you joining go. us. If you do <laughs> want to check out any of our other episodes, thethinkergirls.com.au is where all the inspiring women are chitting and chatting, or you can listen to our, our radio show on the Kiss Network from seven till nine during the week. Tracy Spicer, thanks so much. Thank you. Chat to you next week. Bye. Were you eavesdropping on this conversation and want more? The girls are chitty-chatting away on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram. You can download more podcasts at thethinkergirls.com.au. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.